2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Hockey,
1: yeah, My favorite. It's
2: Judd's Hockey Show.
1: All right, welcome to an, another edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Zolga, Declan Goff, and joining us, as he will, once a month during the season, Lou Nanny. How are you, sir? Good to see you again. We're well, thank you. Nice to be
3: with you. All
1: right, let's just start the wild. One month in plus, your thoughts so far?
3: Well... I guess it's pretty evident that they're not scoring goals, and uh, you, you're not going to have very much success unless you're a tremendous defensive team if you're not scoring goals. They they have had actually pretty solid goaltending for the most part. They've had uh, an occasion here or there where maybe a bad goal went in, but overall, when you look at the strengths of their team and what has to be their strengths of their team if you're going to be good, mm-hmm. has been good, and, and that's been their goaltending and... Defense, their top four has been pretty solid. I think Dumba could play better than he's showed. I don't think he's been as sharp as he's been last year. He hasn't scored as much, but it's not just scoring. It's about how you're playing. But I, overall, still, their, their their defense hasn't been a problem. The problem has been a number of things. One, as everybody knows, the number one problem is uh, goal scoring. Number two problem, I think, is, is really winning enough battles with the puck, checking well enough, being strong enough on the puck. And I said to some people, I said, if I had a slogan that I'd want that team to follow for the rest of the year, it would be, that's my puck. they got to go and get the puck, that's my puck. they got to want the puck, that's my puck. they got to fight for the puck, that's my puck. Don't let anybody else have it. Uh, I said, they've got to do a better job of that. I said, the university team, watching them, they're fun to watch, they're skilled. They're, they got to learn to play, and they're going to be fun to watch overall, but they got to. Adopt that same man, mantra. That's my puck. Mm-hmm. They got to be stronger on the pucks and the boards. And if you look at the games in the NHL, and if you look at the good teams, they control the puck a lot more than everybody else coming off the boards. You have to win those battles. You gotta, you gotta contest them at least. You can't let people wheel out with them and, and all of a sudden have room to operate. And then, especially if you're catching somebody along the boards, then you got like outnumbered situations. So that's a one phase of the game that i think they have to be more diligent at and can be more diligent at but it requires it requires a lot of effort it requires a lot of work it requires sacrifice it requires sometimes taking a beating but you you have to find ways to be better at that
1: is that skill too as well or or is it more just on the effort level
3: there's no doubt about it that uh, there is skill to maintaining pucks along the boards getting proper body position winning battles but on top of that even that being said, the first and foremost thing is has to be a battle level. You have to have a high battle level, and and uh, you you have to go in the corners and make it uncomfortable, or boards on the side, make it uncomfortable for the people that you're fighting with. They have to know that they're they're in a battle. You know, arms are going to get up, sticks going to get up, elbows are going <laughs> to get up, knees are going to get you. You have to you have to you have to contest for that pocket. And it's not just reaching and wanting it and it's having to have it and not reaching but getting in there in a proper position getting low getting leverage getting uh tough on the pucking on the players and taking a shot given to you know it it's it's all about having the battle level and it, it it's a funny thing and it's not just size it's, you know it's not the size of the dog in the fight it's the dog that would. In the fight and it's got to be it's got to be a mindset that you have to have continually whenever you're playing the game
2: well a guy that comes to mind like that is fiala where you see these glimpses of a guy who could be very very talented but the work ethic maybe isn't as there as you'd like to see so i mean i guess what what have you seen from kevin fiala because he was supposed to come here and not replace mikhail gremlin but be a key piece for the future and he's been scratched a few times been in and out of the lineup I guess what has what your been assessment of him throughout the uh, first dozen games here? Well,
3: first of all, he, he came here to score goals. So, yeah. he, you know, obviously he hasn't scored enough. He got a lucky one the other night. And, but that just goes to show you when you shoot the bucket of the net, you never know if it's going to go in. And that's something that they got to not pass up so much, or shots. But he certainly could be a much better. The one thing about a guy like Granlund. Now, that guy was not very big, but he had an uncanny knack of coming up with pucks along the boards and in the corners because of his balance, because of his knowledge how to use his body and how to get position. But uh, fiella has got to be much better with a battle level along the boards. But he's not the only one. There's a, I'm talking about that, you know, the team is all. It's no secret that if you were to say who's been the most consistent guy that you could watch out on the ice, and I'm not looking at production. I'm looking at the players. And it's been Felino and Hartman and Erickson
1: Yeah,
3: They're the guys that if, you, if you're watching the game, when they're out there, they're battling for pucks, they're coming up with pucks, they're making it difficult. Now, having said that, you know they're not as skilled as the other guys scoring goals. But they certainly have played to their level much more than the other guys have played to their level. And they've done what they have to do to contribute to the team more than what some of the other guys have have to do with what they have to contribute to the team. And and those those three guys, uh, they battle. Coy was another one in the middle and you know Priesty's gonna battle you on the boards. You you need everybody, every shift to be doing that kind of thing. And and playing you 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 cannot take a shift off in this league without paying for it. And so you gotta play to that level every time you're on the ice because the talent you're playing against is really, really top level. You're playing in the National Hockey League, and the people are in the National League because they make you pay for mistakes. And
1: to me, Felino, Louie, seems to be like the type of guy who knows his role and does that role. Like, it's, so many times it seems like guys are trying to do too much. He's trying yeah. to score three goals in one shift. You can't do that. Felino takes his shifts and basically applies himself, and he's not a star, but it makes him solid. Hartman, same way, right? Yeah. Because he's not a star type of player. He's a nice player. But it seems like he understands his role. And just in watching guys like uh, Fiala, Donato, that group, there's times where it seems like they think to themselves, if I don't score four goals on this one shift, I'm in trouble. And so they do just way too much, or they try and do too much.
3: Well, there's no question that people that are noted as goal scorers or have had a history of goal scoring are going to get frustrated when they're not scoring, and they're going to try – Implicitly to cheat more than they should. They, they're going to do some of the things they shouldn't be doing because they're getting antsy too. Everybody knows that uh, they're way behind in their production, what they should be, or the reason why they're there is because they're producing, and all of a sudden they're not producing. Am I going to stay here? So it, it, it it's not just those guys. Everybody gets in that mindset. But what you just said, Judd, is what I... When I tell stories about a guy coming in the league as a crusher, scores two goals, he wants to be the rusher. Next thing you know, he's an usher, and and that's what Felino and Hartman don't become because they do just what you said. They remember who they are, what their job is, and and they don't forget it. And that's the one thing you have to you have to remember. You you, you know you're there for a reason, and scorer's got to score, checkers got to check, coaches got to coach, whatever it is, but do your job, and sometimes everybody gets away from doing their job when they get frustrated or think they have to cheat a little bit that uh, they get a little concerned about it. If you, you were GM of
1: this team, and that's a job that you obviously did for years, and right now going into the game, we're, we're taping this on Tuesday, and they're playing the Ducks tonight. The wildest 4-9-1, 9 points, 14 games in. Lou, if you were GM of this team, what's your strategy now as far as trying to to watch the kids play? As far as because it's an eighty two game season that goes for a long time, but at some point in time, probably decisions have to be made about the direction of things. Where would you be mentally with what you've seen so far and where you think this team could be going?
3: Well, right now, I think they they've already decided you know that there are some things have to change and I'm uh, kind of surprised right now that mayu's not back up here. And I say that because if you look at he scored like sixteen goals in i don't know twenty seven games or some in his last between the in the American league and the national league and he went back and he produced right right away again and and he's he's got a little more size than somebody else, whether you're gonna lose a player through waivers or get rid of a player make changes but some stuff is just not acceptable and you got you gotta you gotta give guys a chance that have earned a chance and and I, I think that he's going to get a chance. He's earned a chance. And and I guess he could probably have gone down. Maybe he didn't have to go through waivers. That's one of the reasons why they sent him back down. But, you know, he had scored, what, two, three goals here, and he was only here seven games. So that, that surprised me. I, I think that you know, the guy's earned it. you got to give it to him. Let him so how far can this run? Because he has led your goal scoring in the, in the minors last year, maybe even the year before. And so, he works his butt off. And he works like crazy. And, and so all of a sudden you say, hey, you gotta re, you got to repay that. And uh, and if you don't, you know that kid's not going to be around here. So uh, they they got to be thinking right now is not only what direction, but are there some changes that might make sense? Uh, are there some gambles you want to take? The, the good part, if there's any good part of, of being near the bottom, you you can make changes and not expect you're not going to fall very far. I mean, it's not it's not like you're 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 making a change and all of a sudden you're going somewhere where you're all no, you're already there. So, right. doesn't matter. I mean, you could take some looks and some chances now that uh, you might want to take because you got you got to say, am, am I going to just accept how we're playing and who's playing, or am I going to try and make some changes to see what might be better for this team in the long run?
2: I guess how difficult is it, too, to get those young players opportunities when maybe they're not producing enough to be in those positions, but then you have players like Felino and Hartman who are playing very well and you have veterans who maybe aren't playing as well. I mean, is it how difficult is it to put these young kids in a position where they have to be successful and maybe they are uncomfortable? I mean, what is kind of the process of getting those younger kids more opportunities?
3: Well, everything's got to be earned. Right. You, you, don't, you don't talk
2: yourself into the NHL. You don't. Uh,
3: be granted positions because who you are or, you know, where you're drafted. After after a few games, everything's got to be earned. I mean, everybody in the locker room knows if guys are there because they're earning it or they're there because they're given a spot. You, you just, after a while, you give somebody a spot, you give them the opportunity. But if they don't earn the spot to continue playing there, then you make changes. How tough
1: is that, too, as far as as when you draw that line? You know, with a guy like Fiala, who I think has been scratched two or three times, Donato's been scratched, I think, a couple of times now, Lou. What's that line between we've got to see this kid play, and he's not playing as well as expected, but we're not, you know, right now that good, and and so decisions have to be made. So as far as trying to watch the kid play as much as possible, but going back to what you just said, which is if you don't earn it, you can't play.
3: Yeah, well, I'd I, I have to say, though, you can't take Fiala out. I mean, he's already been out of something. Yeah. He, he needs to be given an opportunity to produce. I think they
1: both need, need to play. Yeah. And,
3: and, and, you're going to find and, out. And I think that, you know, you're going to find out Fiala, the more you show confidence in him, maybe the more confidence will come back from him. Because, uh, you know, there, there is a difference between a North American player and a European player as far as how they're perceiving, how they're being treated. Because it, things are different in Europe than they are here, as they're playing, as they're growing up, and the game's different, and and not that they they got to be getting favored treatment, but you have to give them the opportunity to know that they're getting a chance to play, and and the reasons why they're taken out if they're taken out, and yet if you if you look at Fiala, I, I think when you look at some of the things he's done, I think. Right now he's he's almost playing tight. He's playing he's playing afraid to make a mistake, and you got to. So he's making mistakes too. So you're going to compound them. Yep. So I think in in his case, because he has got tremendous skill, and he has had a hit, he has scored over twenty goals in the league, so you got to say, hey, okay, I'm going to set line. You're going to get ten games on this line. I don't want you worrying about what I'm thinking about you, I want you to just go play the game that we expect that you can play. Right. Try and get in this, give them a mindset that, okay, you're going to get an opportunity here. And we're going to try and get you with people that are going to get you opportunities to score. So if it's not working in one line, we might shift you to another line. We're going to shift you to people till it seems like it fits. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that, that, that could maybe alleviate some of what I perceive as being... A very tentative attitude, the way he's playing the game. Uh, Donato, they they might realize he he's. If you look at his performance, he has been a, a streaky performer, scorer up and down, and so he's he's in the long street now for not scoring. When you go from this year to last year, yeah, one point in his last seven games last year because he yeah, was great when he that's got. That's what I'm through. saying. We and he's it. had it, and he's yeah. had it in the minors the same way. So yep. After a while, you're gonna you're gonna have to say, you know, you. You might have to. They might have to say, "Well, we're going to make a change," or, or maybe we're going to have him play in the minors more, or maybe if he's got to go through waivers, you got to risk it or trade him if, if it's not coming. Because after a while, you got to say, "Hey, you know, we we got to reward guys like Mayu that have earned the chance to be here mm-hmm. uh, more than what we've seen here." So it, it's not like you're you're taking something away from you. You're Saying you went down and played in in, in Iowa. And mayo played you then you come up here, Mayo came up here, you played you then, now you go down and play against him again and see now pretty soon you've got to reward guys that have played well, and Mayo's played well, and you you have to you have to be showing players that if if you perform in our system, you'll get an opportunity sure. because every year you're out there signing free agents. And if people feel, well, again I never got a chance, why am I going to get a chance? And believe me, they, that does get talked about. I know just from talking to agents with my grandson when we were signing contracts to you know, Vinny and they're saying, well, these guys don't give you as much a chance. So people are aware of that. So you, you got to make sure you're, you're rewarding uh, effort, proficiency and production. And, and I, I would expect that that kid's got to come back here and may to show that he can't play. Before yep. before you get rid of them or let them walk away from you,
2: I guess how difficult too is it that with a veteran player isn't playing very well, how tough it is it to possibly scratch him to give a younger player an opportunity? Do you think that's possible for eventually down the road on this team?
3: It's never tough to scratch somebody. Right. You right. Just scratch them. I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't tough yeah. for you. I think it's no.
1: I think it's tougher for now for teams. Yeah. You didn't have a problem doing it. I think the teams now, there seems to be way more kid-glove treatment at times. Well, there
3: is there is a Especially different treatment. There is, there is a different treatment. and, and did bother I'm, you. No, it didn't bother me. I mean, I want the guys to play better, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to. I mean, I had to go through it as a player. Believe me or not, when I had Ren Blair as a general manager, and because I was a popular player, he wanted to get rid of me all the time. He used to constantly say, I'm going to get, I got this guy's going to take your job. And all I used to say to him was, let it happen on the ice. If you're not just giving jobs away, let it happen on the ice. I'll beat them because I'm going to work them. Uh-huh. And I used to go through this all the time. Or I'd say, "Just trade me then, trade me to Detroit." And he said, "You'd like that, wouldn't you?" I said, "Yeah. If I if I can't play here, get me out of here." <laughs> so, well, you go know, play out in yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Get family. Just uh, <laughs> be fair is all I was saying. Yeah. Let it happen on the ice. And I think that's what you got to let happen. It's got to happen on the ice as much as I want somebody to play well or. Or the you know the teammate want somebody to play well they gotta they gotta play well or somebody else gotta take their job and the the problem what you have in this day and age is the guaranteed contract salary cap et cetera, so you don't have the ability we had to move players and make changes which we would do you know quickly if if we didn't like what we saw and uh, you know it just those things happen i, I mean you you are are right now more tethered to players, and it's harder to get them up there. And your point, uh, maybe it's harder. It's not hard to sit them out. It's hard to move them. You can always sit them out. That'll get their attention. Because the one thing about sitting out, and and everybody thinks that players, when they got big contracts, that, oh, they're fat and happy, they don't, don't care. Even if they're making a lot of money, you sit them out. Their pride gets them. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon even the guys that have no trade contracts, you know, for after a while they come, I don't care, I'll take away the no trade. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. That's what happens. You you, you know, the, the 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 power of playing is more important than the money that they're earning. And the only thing that makes it difficult is because even though a player might want to waive his no trade to go somewhere, who's gonna want to take that contract? It's not that you, you know, the player wouldn't take it or the management wouldn't do it. You need two to tangle. To make a deal, you need another person. Bingo. There's nothing like watching Wild Hockey live and in person at XL Energy Center. The sound of the puck on the boards, the excitement of the stands, and fans cheering on their favorite hockey team. Tickets remain for 2019-2020 home games, including special
1: ticket packs that include unique experiences or merchandise. For the best ticket locations, check out wild.com backslash ticks. That's wild.com backslash T-I-X. There's nothing like it. Wild Hockey. Hockey. we'll see you at the X. Yeah, in, in fact, a uh, case in point to what you just said, Lou, it made no sense to, to me other than personal pride that Eric Stahl played at the beginning of this year because he was supposedly hurt, and those first, if you recall, like five games or so, mm-hmm. he was awful. He was, And I kept saying, why don't you just scratch him? He's hurt. Clearly something's wrong there. And they didn't, and my only guess is he said no. I'll keep playing. Because he turned a corner like game six or seven yeah. and got and he was fine. Yeah. But but to your point there is the logical thing would have been to to have him sit for himself for his own sake. And I'm guessing he kept saying, No, I'll play. So I think fans assume that you're right. Players don't care. And I think players care deeply. Uh but the one the one thing now that I will say, and and we've discussed this. Before and it was not around in your days as a, a GM that drives got to drive people crazy is all of these no move clauses. Yeah, and that, I that, think Zuccarella I got a him. full no move, mm-hmm. and he's got to be he's got to be looking here saying what? What, have I done? what did I do? Yeah, you know, I mean, this team is going to be if they're going to be good, it's going to be a little bit. Yeah, of a but process.
3: he's got the, he's got the opportunity to move, take it out if he wants. Sure, that's one thing about it about but, no move, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I can't stand You never would have done that. I, I never gave, I wouldn't. Right, you know, maybe I'd have to do this day and age to one guy. Declan I kid. really, I got to tell you, I didn't, I don't do it. I just, I not only didn't do that, I never gave one-way contracts. People could not believe it. <laughs> I The one-way contract I gave, the only one, and that's over 10 years, and, you know, I can't tell you how many players I signed over that time was to Bobby Smith when the WHA was against him. And I, you know, going to steal him from him. And I just taken him to the club. We had to give a one-way contract. Sure. After that, there was never a one-way contract I gave. Not Hartsburg, not Broughton, not Cicerelli, not Bellows. Broughton it, didn't get one? Nobody got one. I, When I said nobody, I mean nobody. Wow. In fact...
1: Bobby Smith, I'm not surprised. In
3: fact, wow. in fact, in fact, Marcel Abou, I'm flying back uh, from a Board of Governors meeting, and he's... He was sitting with me, and and he was bemoaning the fact his team wasn't playing well, and got all these contracts. Well, it's your fault. You shouldn't. You guys shouldn't assign all those one way contracts. And he says, well, "You do it. Everybody does." And I said, "I don't do any. I haven't got none." He said, "That's baloney." I pull out. I always travel with my contract, contract book, except one time. Pulled it out. I said, here, there's my contracts. Because you couldn't, in those days, nobody knew each other's contracts. They were private in the NHL. They yeah. weren't like now. Yeah. He looked at my contract, and he said, how much do you make? And I told him, he said, I pay you that much just to sign my my contracts. And because I never who, gave in. Who any. was this? Mar- the, he was the, the president owner of the Quebec Nordiques. Okay. Marcel Abou. Okay. And when okay. I traded Timmy Young to... For instance, to Winnipeg, yeah, I was on the road, and Ferguson called, him and we made the deal. He says, "How much does he make?" I says, "I know what he makes in the minors. I can't remember. I mean, the majors, I can't remember the minors. I don't know to contract." But he's Louis. Just tell me one thing: Did you sign him? Yeah, he says, "I don't have to worry. I'll take it." The contract. That was it. I, I was legendary because I just wouldn't do it, and 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 I had when I drafted Brian Lawton number number one, yeah. And I was at uh, Bigliardi's in Toronto, the restaurant, and Gus Bedelli, and um, and uh, the other kid was the other guy was his agent. Uh, they they said we're talking contract, and they said a one way contract. No, nobody gets a one way contract with me. Bedelli says, like heck, uh, Bellows got a one way contract. And, you know, he was number two right before, but essentially number one because I took you know paid something to Boston. We wanted Bellows. And they took uh, the defenseman first. for Kluzak. Yeah, and I said, Bellows hasn't got a one-way contract. He says baloney. I said, I'll tell you what. I will bet you, Bellows has a two-way contract, and I will call call the league, and you have the right to see their contract. Because, like I said, you couldn't see the contracts <clears throat> on one condition. So what's that? We're betting dinner here at Bigliardi's, and the. Winner can choose the best wine on the menu to go with dinner. So you got a deal. Mm-hmm. Next day we called. He found out the Bellows had a two-way contract. I, I want a big dinner and a big bottle of wine, big Liardis. How did you pull that that off with guys like Bellows? You know, I got to tell you, first of all, there was no free agency. Sure. There's nowhere else to go. So I'm willing to be stubborn and wait. And, and, uh, and you just got to battle for that, you know? But I, I did tell them, like I told, like Hartsburg when I was doing Hartsburg's second contract, and I still, and they were still in a, you know, two. I said, Craig, what are you worried about? I I have to have two way contracts. Why would you worry that you have a twenty five thousand dollars minor league clause if you go to the minors? I said, it's you are making. 150 in the major. Why are you worried about 25? Do you think you're going to go to the minors? I said, I'm going to tell you a story and I want you to never forget this because this happened to me. Blair Stewart was the guy's name and he was playing for Washington's uh, Capitals. He went on waivers. He was making 55000 I called the league to get his contract. That's when you could find out what the contract if you're going to pick it up, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I was going to pick up Blair Stewart. He was in a one-way contract, fifty-five thousand dollars. Had he had a minority clause, I would have picked him up. But I wasn't taking the chance, and, and if he wasn't good enough, that I was stuck with a fifty-five thousand-dollar contract. The guy went to the minors, never got back to the majors. So I tell everybody the story. He says, "Had he had a minority clause, he still had an opportunity in the majors." Yeah. And if any of you, I said, you have to remember one thing. My, I give everybody this saying that I have. Your ability is your security. And when you're good enough to be in the NHL and be a top player in the NHL, that's your security. You don't need a one-way contract because you ain't ever going to see that minor league. Mm -hmm. You'll never get through waivers. But if you got a one-way contract and you don't have that and you're older, now somebody, somebody says, oh, I'm not going to take a chance on him. I might have to be stuck with that contract. So I never had him.
2: I guess and I've that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that that's fair. a great story. Uh, Louie, uh, I know you've used the saying, you know, players play, coaches coach, managers mm-hmm. manage. But how, how much is Bill Guerin and, and Bruce maybe in discussion about maybe what a roster should look like? Or is that just something that Bill doesn't? should not be touching or shouldn't really be too much involved in with uh, with the everyday lineup that goes out there every night
3: Oh no you're always discussing that with your your coach you know, you know I, I'd go down after a game sometime and I remember one time I you know I thought our power play was terrible during the game and, and I went down and Glenn and JP and Murray are sitting there my three coaches and I went down and I said, For crying out loud why, why wouldn't you do this in a power play instead of that?" And they'd argue back and forth. We argued for about 15 minutes. And and I said, okay, let's go have a beer. And uh, I'll never forget him. says, you mean that's it? You're all right with that? And I said, look, you guys are the coaches. I pay you to coach. If I can't talk you out of it, I can't make you see my point of view. You believe in yours. I got to live with that. Let's go. I'm done. That's it. You, you you give them thoughts. You give them ideas. You prod them. You challenge them. But at the end of the day, they're the coach. If you, if you don't want them to coach, then you get a different coach. But you can't tell the coach – who to play and how to play and what to play, and then right. and then think you can go and fire them because they didn't produce. Because all you got to say, hey, I'm doing what you said, not what I want to do. So you got to give them the freedom to operate like the coach. But that doesn't preclude you from maybe hashing things out. It's just like making a trade. I always talk to everybody about the trade. I want everybody's opinion. At the end of the day, I got to pull the plug. It's me making the decision. But I want every bit of input I can have, something I might have missed, something that really is going to help me make this decision. That's what you do when you make the decisions. You you get everybody's input, and then you weigh the pros and cons, and you make a decision. Well, the same thing coaching. You try and give them thoughts. You try and you know prod them a little bit. You try and just challenge what they're doing to, to see if they really believe in what they're doing, if they're convinced of that, or if they – or if they think, uh, well, maybe that might be a good idea. i never thought of that. So then you go on. At the end of the day, they still got to make the decision.
1: So you oversaw as a GM some very good teams, yeah. Stanley Cup final teams, and some very bad teams, which you then rebuilt basically. How did you go about accepting the fact that it was time to pull the plug on, on – a year. And I guess I especially go back to, was it 86, 87 or so? Yeah. yeah. The Her- Herbie year. Yeah. Where you had guys 87, go. 87, Yeah. Guys go down left yeah. and right. And yeah. that was the Madonna year, which obviously mm-hmm. turned out to be a magnificent draft pick. Yeah. But what was your thought process that year about, okay, it's not going to happen? We're not good enough. Because that's got to be a tough plug to pull. But ultimately, with the draft pick that you then ended up getting, it was a hell of a pick and the right decision.
3: Yeah. Well, I can remember that distinctively because we were in, uh, you know, it was middle of February and uh, my guys had told me about Madonna and Linden and, and that, uh, you know, you got to see these guys play. And so I, I flew out and watched the game and, and I could see why they were all ecstatic over Madonna. I mean, I went, you know, I just, he was unbelievable. And uh, we were about four or six points out of a playoff position. We had a tremendous amount of injuries that year. And and I went to Gordon Gunn, and I said to Gordon, I said, You know, Gordon, I just saw a player that our guys love. There's two players there, but uh, I got to tell you, I saw a player that's, a difference maker. He's a franchise maker. But not only that, he's a guy that gets you less lifts you out of your seats. You really get excited just watching him. I said, our crowds are down. We're in in the basement. Uh, you know, we, we might be able to make a decision, a, a deal, and get into a playoff position. But if we make the playoffs, we pick sixth. If we don't make the playoffs, we pick one. I said, I I really think we shouldn't do anything, just let the chips fall where they may, and I'm not going to make any moves to make this, try and get this team any better. If that's okay, what do you want me to do? And I said, you know, frankly, I'm going to be out at the draft. I'm quitting any, the draft. I've already announced it. I can take the heat. You know, they can yap and yell at me, but... <laughs> after a few years, you're going to be smiling. Uh-huh. So what do you want me to do? He says, you do what you think is best for me. I looked at him and said, you're getting Madonna. And that was it.
1: But that's a great instructional story, too, as far as, and we, we've we t- talked about this on, on the show, Luke, for years, which is, there are times when you do have to bottom out and accept. Yeah, it. because if yeah. you don't, you're you're trapped yeah. in this world
3: of and it's not throwing picks. games though, well, Judd. You know we got to get that. It's not like throwing no. games. It's it's you realize your team isn't good enough unless you make changes. Yeah, and so you just go with your team. Well, players don't the tanking thing. The tanking thing is a word, but
1: players don't purposely ever lose No, games. that's what I'm saying. But they might not but your team yeah. wasn't good enough to that's win. That's what I'm games. saying. We're
3: not going to be good enough unless that's I, what I make changes. Is. Yeah. That's
1: what tanking so is. So
3: you don't you don't try yeah. and fill holes for a short term. Correct. And and that's the difference. It's not it's not that you tank. It, it well I the, I did and I'll say this outright. I did come as close to his calling it tanking as you could was when I took over the North Stars and it was in February that year too mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden one day I'm a player next day I'm a general manager and coach so the, we fired the general manager, fired the coach and, and and I didn't have a lot of scouts so I'd run practice, I'd hop on a plane, i go see a game somewhere else i come back early the next morning be back for practice and I, I was doing everything but I'll never forget because Bobby Smith was ranked by Central Scouting number one. Brad Marsh was number two. And I went to see the game. That's when I saw Cicerale. I went in London, Ontario, and I watched his game, and I see Bobby Smith and Brad Marsh. And one was a long way away from two. And I went to see Bobby a couple other times in the Sioux against Gretzky and Otto, etc. And I knew then we were four points behind Washington Capitals we ain't going to catch the Capitals. There is no way. Mm-hmm. And I used to – so I signed a lot of college guys after that for tryouts, and I'd put them on the power play. I'd do everything, and writers come down. How can you have this kind of power play you didn't play power play in college? I said, look, i got to make decisions <laughs> on uh, cause on uh, whether i got to sign them long-term, et cetera. Yep. And I had Max McMahon, and I used to go to my, my room, my coach's room, and I'd turn the radio on to get the scores and the other town scores you know and washington's winning well maybe i'll play the better players more (laughs) if not i didn't and then so max McNabb was general manager washington called me after this went on for about a month and he said are you ever going to win another game i said "Not unless you do i said (laughs) i said max i came in last you can bet we're picking first and we're not only picking first in the first round. That means we're picking first in every round. Yeah. No, we are getting Bobby Smith. That's what I said at that time, and that was it. And uh, and I did and I did do something that I probably shouldn't have done. But my goaltender was Gary Smith, and played really good this night. He came in. I said, Gary, you're going to the minors tomorrow. And he said, What are you joking about that for? He said, No, I'm not joking. You're going to Fort Worth. And he said, I'm playing good. I said, that's a problem. You're going to Fort Worth. And he said, well, I got a minority clause. I said, I'm paying you one way. You're not going to be paid in the minors. I'm giving you full salary. You're going to Fort Worth. And he went to Fort Worth. We won a championship down there.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've never told that story probably, No, I
3: right? haven't. No, but I did it. Gary Smith, he'll tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> you see, but I
1: applaud that yeah. because then it took you, what, three years, right?
3: What's that? Yeah. To
1: get to the Stanley Cup final. Exactly. That's the yeah. point. Yeah. That's my point about yeah. it. when you're drafting fourteenth yeah. and then eighteenth and then thirteenth, mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, sometimes yeah. because if I'm Bill Guerin, Louie, I'm I'm looking at things if they continue to trend this way. And if I can get Eric Stahl to accept a trade, I'm trading Eric Stahl. If I can get, you know, Parisians Sudor not being traded because mm-hmm. I don't think that they could be. But there are some guys who you could definitely move. And is Craig going to like it short term? Probably not. But this goes back to what you're talking about, which is if you want to get to where you want to go, which is to get a Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. it probably takes some moves. that people are going to be like, "Why?"
3: Yeah, you know, you know what bothers me about this because I get I get I get criticized for for doing things like that, and I'll say, "Okay, you tell me, you tell me why I'm any worse than say it was the New York Islanders that week." playing at the end of the season before the playoffs and they're playing a team that's fighting for a playoff position and they sit out Gillies, trace Potvin, Bossy. Mm-hmm. Now, why is it okay for them to do that and this team gets a better chance of getting the playoffs than another team that, that they're fighting against, you know, not against a team settling? I said, it all comes down to the end of the day is, Whoever's on the ice competes as hard as they can. You determine who's on the ice. You determine if your team's good. You rest people. So why can't you determine if your team's bad to rest people? Right. Because it's going to be a difference for you. It's it's no different for the fan when you say, oh, you're cheating your fans. No, I'm not cheating my fans. I'm actually helping my fans because they're going to get a better player Amen. in the long run than they would be if I'm trying to win just for tonight. And it's no different than the fans getting cheated when the Islanders or whoever the team is sits out four or five guys the last three, four games a year so they're healthy for the playoffs, which I understand. I applaud that. But don't tell me it's any different. It's any different than changing the competitive balance. That's so much crap because it's done different ways, but you never challenge the, the good teams. You only challenge the bad teams. We're for realizing, yeah, we are bad. There's no use fooling us ourselves right. by by getting an extra two points or or, or or you know picking third instead of first. And that's why the lottery is way out of whack in in hockey and in basketball, especially in hockey. Because now New York Rangers were 12th or 11th team last year, and they end up picking second.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Now that's that's crap. Yeah. If you're if you're bad, you're bad. You think you 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 should if you if you want to screw around with the lottery, then just keep it to the three worst teams. Because they are that bad. That's why they're there. Right. You know, they they're not going to be able to to tank into the third position from uh you know 12th. You're you're that bad. So you that's what the draft was instituted for and that's why it should be played that way.
2: Do you think the wild even need to make and are still a ways out from a trade deadline but do you think the wild really need to make significant trades at the deadline or sell off assets or, or should this roster really just kind of stay intact
3: well it could stay intact if that's what you want for the team yeah but if you want to do things different you don't wait till the trade deadline if you got opportunities before there's nothing says you can't trade players all the way along, so you got a Christmas moratorium for two days. Which, they can
1: waive the clauses, too, yeah, right? Like yeah, Stahl, Stahl sure, has some teams sure. he can't be traded to, yeah. but he can be traded. Yeah,
3: a lot of these guys have waived their
1: clauses. Zucker's got some teams he can't he can't be traded mm-hmm. to, but I think that's only like six teams. So there's a mm-hmm. lot. Doom Nick could be traded. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if it was me and I'm Garen, I'm looking at – I'm trying to look at the kids as much as I can, and if I can move vets who I who are agreeable to trades, or I can move
3: them, I think I'm I'm going to trade them. Lou, Jud, Wayne Gretzky got traded, so I think yeah. that answers your question. Yeah, <laughs> but anybody. you know what?
1: Some of these guys, Eric Stahl could go to a contender and yeah, play third I'm, line and why, be why, why,
3: fine. I, I know what I'm saying is anybody. Yeah, if, if you're the Wild, you you don't have any precious bodies except where you're you're restrained, unless they waive the clauses, but. You trade anybody at any time to make your team better. That's what it is. There's, you know, it, it's or
1: to make your team not is to make it better down the road.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you think,
1: uh, from, from what you've heard, uh, Kaprasov, How big of a difference if they get him here? Which I'm assuming that they're going to have a decent chance next season. Oh, they'll get him. How, how much of an immediate difference does he make oh, too, if you plop him in at the wing there?
3: He's going to make a he's going to make a big difference because he's going to score goals. Yeah. They, he'll be their best goal scorer. Right. I'd be very surprised if he... He's done it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So he'll do it, and he'll do it here. But will that be enough? No. You can't win a championship with one guy. Right.
1: But it's a building block.
3: It's a, it's a great building block. Great Which is they don't have. because No, they need it.
1: And, and if you think about this, guys, in, in the history of this franchise, if we sit here right now and say, okay, pure goal scores, since this team was an expansion team in 2000,
3: Gabrick. Gabrick. Hmm. Gabrick.
1: Gabrick, yeah. <laughs> you know, God bless him. Yeah. Zach Preesey works his ass yeah. off, yeah. but not pure goal
3: scorer. No. Gabrick.
1: Gabrick. Yeah. And what was he? Yeah. A high draft pick? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's where you knew this was going to come around eventually yeah. that you can't you can't not ever have high draft picks, I don't think. No. And get and say, Oh, and now we want a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Unless I'm missing a team here.
3: No, you no, you you gotta be awful lucky to get uh Goal scores like that when you're not picking in the top five. See, you, you know you'll get some. There'll be some. There have been some in the past. There'll be some. But overall, uh, you you cannot. You got to build a core, like I just said. Yep. Kaprasov's not not good enough one one alone. You know what I mean. You need more. You got to get to that core of six. Eight, you, you know you're usually four to six players anyway. You got to have a four to six player core if you're going anywhere. And you look at Edmonton when they won their championships. You look at the Islanders when they won their four championships. You 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 notice one thing? They always got those same six guys. You're, yep. You know. Yep. The others are interchangeables. There were a lot of in, in Edmonton. You will not believe. You look from the first year to the last year of those four cups. How many guys changed?
1: Oh, your guys say there was not afraid to pull the trigger.
3: No, no, no. But in not but. but you know, when you're a general manager, and you know what you got, and it's easy to pull the trigger when you got a core, because it makes it easier because your players are valued higher because you're a good team, and that's why. That's, right. that's why you want to make trades when you're 25 to 31, when you're those teams. All of a sudden, you're getting more for the the player because, oh, he's on a championship team or he's on a And then you think as a fan. Team. Oh, my team yeah. just got a championship yeah. Yeah. caliber yeah. player. exactly. He's actually a third liner. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's a big difference <laughs> training guys. That's why I said you don't want to be in no man's land, which is 8 to 25 yep. all your life, which will have been for a while because when you're trading players, you don't get as much back because they're not on one of the top teams. And when you're picking, you're not picking the top five players or whatever, you know. I mean, wow! I, I like their pick, you know, the kid they got this year, I think is going to be a good goal scorer. you have got some good guys, but you got to get those key guys. you got to get the core guys, the guys that will make a difference in your team for a long while.
1: Which is what? A, a goal scorer, a center, a top defenseman,
3: and, 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 and you know, a solid goaltender. And a goaltender.
1: Because you, mm-hmm. you had what? You had Bobby Smith. Mm-hmm. Dino, who could snipe yeah. and score. Hartsburg, mm-hmm. yeah. who unfortunately got hurt, but he was Our defense enough. was
3: unbelievable. No, no, Hartsburg, yep. Sargent. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we had Mandich. We had uh, Mr. The Brad Hirsch. Maxwell. Hirsch. I mean, Hirsch we got, had, hurt yeah. I, I, got hurt, too. Yeah. Mandich got hurt, too. Yeah. David Quinn. Yeah. He was my first-round pick, too. Yeah. They were all gone. That you know, sounds We sounds lost sounds five defensemen.
1: Ah, yeah, it's a North Star fan, it's killing yeah,
3: yeah, we lost five defensemen to, to life, not life, training, but career ending injuries, five of them.
1: And Hirsch had, what, a shoulder, which I think could, yeah. he, could that be fixed now?
3: Probably, yeah. I think yeah, Hartsburg could. Yeah. He had knee problems, No, right? Hartsburg had the hip. Oh, okay. Remember he hit the hip on then the maybe boards? Maybe that could be fixed now. I'm, I'm trying to it, think Yeah, back me too, yeah. Now about Sergeant had the back. Yes. Mandich had the knee. Well, and
1: you paid a pretty price for Sergeant, yeah. right? Didn't you? Didn't no, you not
3: really. No, I won that arbitration. I gave up Steve Jensen in the center, I can't remember what his name was. <laughs> <laughs> he was so meaningful. Yeah. His
1: name.
3: Last thing, go for football. You're obviously
1: very closely associated mm-hmm. with the school. What's your excitement? I mean, this has been this
3: is tremendous. This has
1: been a long time coming. It really eight, has no. been.
3: I, I all I'm I'm hoping for now, and I'm, I'm 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 playing the low side. I just want one win out of the next four because that'll give us nine and three. Yep. And and I'd be ecstatic if we got two. Yeah, you I know, think you could get. two. And I think we could, but I'm ecstatic if we get two, and after that everything's a gift. But I don't. We'll, mean, have, we'll have a good bowl game. I don't mean to jinx this, Louie. Mm-hmm. But if you play Ohio State
1: in Indianapolis in the Big Ten title game, Mm -hmm. and you probably lose, Mm -hmm. they're a great team. They're going to the College Football Playoff. That means the Rose Bowl could pick you. Yeah, I know. Okay, all I'm saying is that this is the only bowl game I'm tempted to travel to. Oh, you're kidding me! The Orange Bowl
3: is really going to be good. Of
1: course, you like Florida. I'm (laughs) saying the Rose Bowl, Pasadena. Yeah. All right, Louis. Thanks much.
3: Thanks. Nice to be with you. Enjoy. Thank you. Next
1: week.